Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. So, Ken, why don't we have recycling in the village? Well, <laughs> we do somewhat have recycling in the village. Uh, we had it over at the Woodlands facility, and uh, it was so popular that uh, we were holding recycling stuff on the ground and overflowing in the bins. And, uh, you know, we obviously felt like that was probably not a good thing um, to continue to perpetuate. So, so we made a slight change there to uh, pull it back to our Menorca facility and uh, regroup, so to speak, and uh, hopefully come up with uh, solutions that allow us to do uh, even more recycling down the road. So what I, what I heard was we were overwhelmed by our own success. Is that correct? That's pretty much, that was pretty much how you, I would describe it. Yes. Uh, For another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Ken Unger. Randy Cantrell is alive and will join us soon. He's not like Clark Kent. He didn't just leave the building. He's simply recovering. He's doing much better. He still sounds like Kermit the Frog, but he'll be fine eventually <laughs> well, this is news to me i didn't hear he, yeah he, no uh, uh he's under uh, the weather officially today uh, about 12 days ago he tested positive for the variant and he's got uh covid oh, and wow. and between he said he'd been to sam's and he had been to a, a storage building he had been and to church and that was it huh. and uh and he, he, said, he caught it from our last uh uh, blog experience here talking about yeah him. yeah anyway and he had said that uh the, the doctor prescribed him some plavixed or whatever you know the stuff to help you get over it mm. and his answer was this has been painfully incremental that it's just mm. a little bit better every day so unfortunately he hadn't felt like being on with us and, and i know he, he enjoys being with you and interviewing you so I, mm. i'm sorry and he knows that that's what we're doing today so i hate it but it well, is that can't spur him out of, out of out of bed. I don't know what will. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. Well, you know, Ken said that should have got you out of bed. But but the, <laughs> the points we're going to cover today, there apparently is a new website we need to talk about. We'll come back to that in a sec. There's some new new things afoot at the Circle K, right, Mr. Ken? Oh yeah, yeah. If you uh, <clears throat> watched or were at the uh, POA board meeting uh, last week, um, you know, I presented a series of proposals. Uh, that I'm kind of floating out there to uh, help improve our community in a couple different areas. Um, one of them having to do with uh, regular household trash, um, two having to do with recycling. And then uh, as we, we lamented about in the beginning of the broadcast, and then third is leaf disposal, which, you know, two, two of the three things changed at the beginning of the year um, for the community. And, uh, 
you know, while there were some beneficial things that came out of those changes, the automated trucks, not having guys on the back of trucks, um, you know, they, they introduced new problems that, you know, our residents are dealing with um, where they used to put stuff out next to the trash can and the guys in the back of the truck would take that stuff and, and throw it in the trash truck. And, and now we don't have that. We have just a, you know, one, or if you want to pay for a second one, two trash cans. And uh, you know, if it doesn't fit in there, you basically have no, no good way of getting rid of it unless you're going to go to the dump. Yeah. And so, I think, I think what a lot of our listeners and viewers need to understand is, is in some ways, in some ways, Hot Springs village was, or is a little bit behind the times in some ways. And with the guys on the back of the trash truck, I guarantee you anybody listening outside of this, this uh, area, you, you had guys on the back of the truck. What did your insurance carrier say? Were they not horrified that people were riding the back of the truck to, you know, like we did 50 years ago? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, it was hard to keep people riding on the back of the truck. Uh, you think? Yeah. You think? I mean, we had tons of turnover and literally would have to have our street people, you know, people working on pavement and culverts filling some of those holes as we couldn't keep people on the back of the truck. So, Goodness. Goodness. you know, it wasn't a really wise uh, effort to continue. Basically, we, we needed to, we needed an alternate solution that was implemented and, you know, just have to deal with the consequences and come up with plans to deal with it, which yeah. is what I'm yeah. trying to do. So we were at, and I'm, we were at uh, Chuck E. Cheese about a year ago. And uh, there's two twin little babies of, uh, of granddaughters of ours running around that are just absolutely adorable. They're four or five. They're really, really young. And there's thousands of kids screaming. And there's a sign up at Chuck E. C's that says now hiring. OK. Mm -hmm. And Diane says, what would you think about working at Chuck E. Cheese? And I said, they would have to pry my hands off the back of the garbage truck to make me come here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what would happen. But I would, I would, I would not relinquish my place on back of the garbage truck unless I had to, you know, mm. anyway, all that said, those are tougher jobs and, and that has changed. And just like you said, those guys, to be frank about it, those guys were wonderful. They would pick the stuff up that we'd put beside the trash can. They would throw it in. It was the service that we didn't even understand or appreciate that we had now an automated system, automated system with less guys on the truck or one guy on the truck. He can't get out and throw all that stuff in the back of the truck that you set beside your can. Right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, we, we floated, I'm floating out there, basically the ability for residents, you know, for what we call a tipping fee. Um, like, so, so basically what happened, what's happening now is, you know, Residents aren't able to get rid of this, you know, what I'll call ancillary larger trash that they were able to. And, and we had a, a thing called a special pickup where you could call in and for $30, we would come out and, you know, roughly a, a pickup truck bed worth of stuff you could put out at the street and we would take it. So, you know, basically what we're seeing happening is that that service is being leveraged more such to the point that it's backed up you know, almost over a month. Uh, and I think that's going to continue to get worse, basically, if we if we don't come up with a solution here. Um, and, and for most people that that might work for if you have a lot of large stuff to, to, to bring or, or get taken away. So we want to maintain that service. Um, and then the other thing we're seeing as a result of that is more people are bringing this larger trash to the Menorca facility right now and trying to put it in the bins that are designed basically for the household trash. Just right, right which, is, which is basically right behind the beehive. That's right, behind right. the beehive. So 
um, you know, which is, a, a, you know, freed for people who miss their trash to basically have a spot to bring their bags when they if they miss their trash pickup or if you're busy, you know, if you're a renter or something. And, and Well, well, well let's, let's recap the rules here real quick. What, what are we talking about? Are we talking about old chairs or sofas or, or, or just big cardboard boxes or what, what what's the gist? Well, I mean, I've, I've been watching what's happening and people have been trying to bring everything under the sun there. Uh, you know, what that facility is designed for is basically, like I said, if you miss your trash pickup, the bags that you would have in your trash can, you should be able to drop them off someplace if you miss it. And A few and bags yeah, of something, a few bags of something, not a, Not a, a trailer full of, yeah. you know, chairs and other stuff, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so, you know, we're trying to come up with a solution that actually allows people to bring their trash to our facility. So, you know, what I'm, what I propose to the board and proposing the community is that we establish for a tipping fee because they, it fills up dumpsters pretty quick. Um, you know, is that, you know, for maybe half the price of, of the special pickup, we allow residents to come and pay for uh, a receipt at the POA building for like 15 bucks. And then they can bring a trailer full of whatever they want over to the Menorca facility. And we'll have dumpsters set in the back that allow them to bring that type of trash over to the Menorca facility. Like um, a roll-off type dumpster or something? Yeah, like a yeah, the really big roll-off dumpsters. And, and we're going to replace the dumpsters out front with trash cans because we have a lot of excess trash cans. And that service will remain there for residents to be able to drop off trash bags and stuff. Um, but this will give the, the, the community an opportunity to uh, just go over there, drop off the receipt you get from the POA building, and then drop your stuff into dumpsters. Um mm. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, 15 bucks or 30 bucks for a, a, a truck load or whatever. That's cheap. That's really, really, really cheap by any comparison. Wouldn't you think? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think Little it's Rock doesn't do that. Hot Springs doesn't do that. Yeah. And I think if you, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at myself right now. I mean, I have I just moved. I have a lot of stuff and, you know, I'm aggregating it in, in an area. And when I get enough, I would put it out for, you know, call for a special pickup in this case. You know, I could have a, a you know a little lesser amount and, and feel comfortable going and getting to purchase something to be able to take it over there myself and not have to wait for the special pickup. Yeah. But if I have a lot of stuff and I don't have a truck or something to take it in, then yeah, I can still do the special pickup where we come out and get it. Um, so, you know, I think it's a win-win for the community if we can if we can get this through. And I'm 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 probably going to push that through the board next next meeting if if, if they're okay with it um, to try to see how it goes, just like we're doing with the recycling, which I'll talk about next. Great idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, tell us more about the recycling. What's up, what's up on that? Yeah. So, you know, the, you know, if you remember back, the, the community had a full recycling area, maybe two, I think, if I remember correctly, but mm-hmm. one by the animal shelter. Um, and because of resource issues and, and, and just ability to support it, they, they closed that down. Uh, residents were told to use the uh, facilities out on seven or in Salem County. Um, which really the one on seven is not that far from us, but it is, it is for, you know, presumably Garland County residents. I don't know if they even check licenses there, but um, so residents still have access to that. But then at some point in time in the last year or so, uh, you know, somebody decided to open up this, what, I call, what I'm calling a satellite facility uh, where we brought, brought out this long trailer um, over to Woodlands and, and open it up to residents for a limited amount of time, one day a week to bring stuff over. And, Basically, what was happening was we, we realized there's a big need for recycling in the village. There's a lot of people that, that want to do it. 
Um, and we were just getting overwhelmed with just four hours uh, of operating out there. The, the, the recycling stuff was overflowing. So, and, and, and let me interject because I, I don't even know that you know about this, but uh, just back behind the DeSoto Dam here, just mm-hmm. down the hill, there's an old workshop there right where the trail comes out onto the road that goes to the dog park. Mm-hmm. And 15, 14 years ago, we had full-blown recycling right there. We yeah, had, that's the other location. Yeah, yeah we, we had uh, plastics and metals and, and papers and whatever. And that was a big deal. And when that went away, we all went, oh. Yeah. And, and it, in that entity where it was open pretty much all the time, yeah. uh, we bemoaned that ever since that for the last decade or so. And when I have guests come in, they're like, well, you don't have recycling? And no, no, we don't have recycling. Yeah. And, and I, my suggestion, and I'm still going to go with this, and I think you'll back me up on this. We, we we do the reduce, reuse, recycle, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Focus on the reduce part. Quit buying bottled water. We have fantastic water here in the village. If you never buy it in the first place, you don't have to recycle it in the last place. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox now, but you get my point, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, to the extent that you can reduce your reliance on plastics, especially because, frankly, that's the problem with what we're dealing with on recycling right now. Really? Yeah, because, you know, the Garland County Recycling Facility, they they have to separate all the ones and twos. So we only take ones and twos in this at our satellite little satellite facility, but they have to separate that stuff. So they get our trailer and basically they, they have to go through it by hand, separate it by hand. There's something and, and, and it's in the bin. Let's and, break down and ones and twos, break down and ones and twos. Little numbers. And if you ever tried that, it's not the easiest thing to find. You no. See, if you know no. what you're looking for, I guess you can find it pretty quick. So, so, but it could be, it could be the bottle cap of your soda has a one and the bottle itself is a two. And, and you have to be, throw yeah. them literally different yeah. directions. Yeah, yeah, so that's what takes all. So when we get done Thursday and we take that trailer over there, we don't get it back for three or four days. That's why, it, it, you know, literally it takes uh, them three or four days to go through it. So we're working with them to try to modify that. But the first step, in my view, was, you know, we it was taking a lot of effort. We had to take the trailer over there. You know, it would be out there for three or four hours. It would fill up in, in three hours from what we you know observed. And then everything else was just excess on the ground or overflowing. So we'd have to clean all that up. Um, and then pull it back to uh, take take it over to the Garland County, and then you know. Um, oh, sorry about that. No problem. If it's an emergency and you need to, I understand. We can pause. Oh, no. We're good. We're good. Okay. So so basically, the first step was pulling it back to the Menorca facility where we had more control over it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're already taking trash from people, so people are familiar with the place for the most part, and hopefully, you know, people that want to recycle will find it convenient as well. Um, and we've done it there several Thursdays now. We did cut the hours back because, again, the amount of time we were able to to actually take all that stuff was was based on the size of the container. So we were, we're operating about three hours right now and we, we fill everything up and then we shut it down. And the hope is, as we work with Garland County, we may be able to separate the plastics from the other stuff and, and hopefully get at least another day um, yeah. where we can take recycling at Menorca. So so what you're saying is we can reduce that, that downtime, that return right. time. That's wow. right. So we're working on that. And hopefully the goal is to at least get one, maybe two more days. I have to see when we talk with them and how fast we can turn stuff around. Um, but that would hopefully be more convenient for the community. Uh, to, and, and, you know, stuff will be spread out more so we won't have as much volume coming in at one time um, and, and we can make it work better. And wow. we're already staffed there. We have somebody that monitors the trash that comes in 
the, the household, supposedly household trash that comes in. So he's already there. He's he, he can uh, help administer the recycling as well. So, you know, we're not expending additional resources basically uh, to do it there. So and, and I can say this where you can't as easily people those trash cans behind the beehive that are in that parking lot. Those that that is not a place where you can leave your trash until the beehive show people show up the next morning. This has nothing to do with them, you know, and that that dumpster they have there. That's the beehives dumpster. It's not the other ones. You can't just drop your trash off anytime during the night or day. I well, can say and, and anecdotally, I'll tell you, that's what we're seeing, yeah, which is another repercussion of 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 the change in the trash. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you know, trash program. So it's it's water of some sort. You you push it off here, it pops up over here. That's right. I, I mean, got it. Look, I people got generate it. trash. They're gonna they need a way to get rid of it. They're gonna find ways to get rid of it. And we've also, you know, we we clean up quite a few dump sites throughout the village every week as well. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's going up as a result of the trash change, but it's certainly not helping if people have no. a way to get rid of stuff. So yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm one of the guys like you that travels the back roads and just looks around and goes, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, who put their who put their dishwasher here? Yeah. What? What yeah. is this? Yeah. So I, I get it. So that's why we're opening the tipping fee up and hopefully people can drop their old appliances and other stuff off there. If we can't get to it to pick it up or, you know, they have the ability to do that stuff. So that, I think that will go a long way in helping residents. And then with the recycling, if we're able to open it up for at least another day, that'll help, you know, uh, moderate it a little more and, mm-hmm. and give people confidence they can get over there and get it, get their stuff taken care of without the overflowing. So and, and and you you had noted that you had floated floated some trial balloons to see how people would react and whatever. If if people wanted to say something to you about recycling, or what's the best way to contact your department and give feedback? Uh, they can contact me directly at kunger at hsvpoa.org. Okay, nobody's going to know this, but I'm going to share this. I have more than once emailed Ken Unger over the weekend, and Ken immediately replies to me within 30 or 40 minutes, to which I say, why are you working on the weekend? To which I get an email back that says, I'm always working for you. And he makes it feel like it's just for me, people. He re- he makes it feel like that. It's just for me. It is, Dennis. That's the, that's well, the reason I'm here. <laughs> I live to serve. Yes. <laughs> well, look, I mean, when I, took, I, when I took this job, I took it to, you know, hopefully help uh, all of us out. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a eight hour, 40 hour week effort. Well, you're you're extremely gracious. Yeah, so. you're extremely gracious, and and I because I, I'm joking here, K U N G E R at hsvpoa.org, and and you would like to know people's insight or their their comments about recycling, yeah. about what and and here's the one I'm just going to throw at because I didn't hear it come up, and I know it's been a discussion for years. Is there a discussion about composting? Is that even coming up? Maybe. You know the, the the problem with compost. I've been looking at it. And we're gonna we can talk about that with the leaf. So you do have to be licensed, though, don't you? Yeah. See the so the deal with that is you know it's not just something you can just throw into a pile and 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 let it compost and hope that it you know turns out okay. I mean you have to get a license. You have to administer it. You have to have the resources to do it. And and right now we're not equipped to do that. So okay. you know that. And there's some things I'm looking at that I can't. I don't want to talk about right now. Sure. But that, that could could involve that. Um, but the first step is 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 opening up a location for residents to get rid of their leaves and debris. So, you and, know, and that's kind of where I was going. There is I know that you have a water treatment sewer treatment plant back behind me that makes a lot of waste, shall we say, right. that goes in a truck that goes that's into right. a landfill, and then we have billions of leaves every year. And I'm that's thinking, right. if those two met up, wouldn't that be a good day? 
it could certainly be a good day if we, if that could work. We have a lot of needs for fertilizer in mm-hmm. the village for golf courses. We have a lot of use for compost, I believe, in the village. Topsoil. Uh, you know, landscapers yep. uh, would certainly be interested in it. Um, that, you know, it's definitely something I'm looking at. Uh, it's just a lot more complex and, and it's not an immediate uh, immediate answer to problems that we have. So, and, and I appreciate your comment there is that, you know, you don't just throw it in a pile, stir it up a couple, every couple of days and go, okay, we're good. No, to do it on a commercial scale, you have to have a license. And the guys in Little Rock and Hot Springs, they have a license to do this. They have a guy that's trained to go, okay, this is not leaching into the water and this is not going to affect the stream water and this is not going to poison blah, 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 right? Yep, and if you if, and if you're going to implement sludge into that, which uh, you know is 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 definitely one aspect that would benefit us to do, you know, there's there's chemical additives like lime applications that have to occur to get that material to a state that you can use it in things for fertilizer or other sources. So because again, it's something on it's on it's on my radar, but it, it involves a, a much bigger dedicated effort and commitment to start. Well, I didn't want to open that can of worms, but I, I anyway, I, I knew <clears throat> I've heard people ask me that before and it is a logical question. I, I, I just wanted to oh, no, it is. The well, answer. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, my first 90 days here, I, I've already looked at it. I'm already really? at it. I just, you know, when I look at things that we can, you know, and this is generally how I approach anything, you know, when I'm looking at things to solve, I want the easiest things first Yeah. because yeah. we want to solve them and, and get them out of the way. And hopefully fix some problems that frees up more time to take care of, of the bigger, more complicated issues. So Occam's razor. Occam's yeah, razor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so the, uh, leaf, the leaf situation, I'll talk to you what we're doing there. So today, right, you have to come buy tags. Um, and you have got and when they changed it to paper bags, I got, you know, apparently that's not going over too well with a with a lot of people. Well, because they get wet or what? Yeah, because they're they don't fit as many leaves as the as the plastic bags or biodegradable bags used to. Uh, when they get wet, they fall apart. And and frankly, the whole stick and and you know debris solution, I, I I just don't see that that works very well. Having to cut things down and you're you're tie it up in strings and bundles. You know, who's weighing it? You know, I mean, I don't know. The the whole spec on that was just kind of a little bit strange. And we don't see that much of that stuff, frankly, which tells you that it's not being really really assembled. You know, yeah, or utilized way, yeah. right? So. You know, my, my theory there is that we kind of follow the same as as this uh, as the trash theory is that, you know, and this will happen maybe later, uh, you know, as we get toward the, the fall season here, you know, looking for the solution. But, you know, where we set a, a uh, flat fee for X number of bags um, and, and potentially allow residents to use their extra trash cans that they have when we changed over to the new trash proposal. So a lot wow. of people probably still have trash cans. I have a spare um, couple of those laying around. Yeah. Yeah. I know I do. Um, so, you know, and, and depending on the size of those, we have to be careful. You gotta be able to lift it, right. You can't just fill it full of, of, of you know, a hundred pounds worth of stuff, but, but potentially allow residents to have X number of bags. They don't have to get a tag. They don't have to they just, you know, we set a limit and for a flat fee, we come out and we, we dump, we take the stuff and we take it back to our, the pit over at Turlingwood. Um, but then as an add on, if you are in a situation where you don't have huge volumes, let's say you only generate a couple bags, half a dozen bags, and you have a little trash can, um, we would maintain the tag solution for that where you could come get the tags, but you could bring it and drop it off certain days of the week over at the pit facility. 
Huh. So that you don't have to call for a special pickup. You can just go and take it. We'll have somebody there that we already have someone stationed there that actually Todd, who's super, who's a superintendent over lakes and common property. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could open it up for a certain amount of time each week for people to bring, bring their tag bags and, you know, a tag trash can and, and dump the stuff there. And then we would do what we do now, which is periodically once or twice a year, we would have a controlled burn, which is permitted. Um, and then hopefully, you know, we could, theoretically, and I'm still working on this, if we use biodegradable bags, we potentially could still burn them. I wanted to come back to that. I know the people that, you know, we, we want to cuss, you know, well, we want to be green. We want to be real green. Okay, we're going to use paper bags. Oh, no, 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 not those. Yeah. Uh, remember that discussion about green? Remember when we talked about that? Remember? Yeah. So well, the problem know. there was, you know, it was just a labor intensive issue, apparently, to continue to take plastic bags because what our people were doing were having to, take take the stuff and then cut open the bags and, and dump the leaves out and then throw the bags out. What well, part of that dump, doesn't sound efficient? No, the dump wouldn't take wouldn't take the plastic bags. So that's why they went or the biodegradable bags. Apparently they, they're not accepted by the dump. So what I don't know yet from DEQ and we're working with them is whether or not you can actually burn the biodegradable bags. If you can, then we can let people go back to biodegradable bags, um, yeah. you know, and, and solve some of that problem as well. So we'll, so, we'll so- see. How many bags of leaves do you think you get a year? How many what bags of leaves? Thousands, hundreds at the facility? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure we could take we I mean we bring a lot of debris back there today uh what we do throughout the village a lot. So And 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 let me explain if I'm not mistaken is this the pit that you're referring to back behind Phoenix? Yes, I believe so. It's off Terlingua, right off of the Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of between the, the woodlands and the and the uh the the uh punts or the the gas gasoline alley between that back back behind there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, the the cooper had called that the pit for 50 yeah, years yeah that's where they drew aggregate out of they yeah they they dug they it was actually a quarry pit basically is what they used to build the roads they would they would dump old stumps back there or whatever you know yeah there was yeah a lot of stuff was done. old pavements back there which we're going to reuse hopefully really oh yeah yeah i haven't even gotten to that you want to talk about recycling but we have a little gold mine back there. We're, we're going to do trials on later this year where we're going to try to uh, either take it, take millings and actually apply them in areas like maybe over at Oak, uh, Grove Park where it's gravel. Yeah. Um, just lay it and roll it. And, you know, and I've seen examples where it, it, it looks great. And uh, so we're going to use all that up. And then we're actually getting a trial on a machine coming in next month that actually takes old asphalt in chunks and chews it up, reheats it. You add a little oil to it. And uh, you can reuse it. And if Unbelievable! Be, if that and, works. We well, have a and I wish people over there. I, I hope people understand. If you put all this together, I mean, just just add it up in a in a global view. Mm-hmm. You know, we have high oil prices. We have high gasoline prices. Guess yeah. what? Guess what? Asphalt's made of. Yep. Yeah. And so the price of um, yeah, I was just going to say the price of paving just went up as you know forty percent or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. That's what one of the reasons we're not doing a, a tremendous amount of paving this year. We're that tied to utility work that we need to get done on culverts and stuff, which is that's another topic that that we've gotten some good news uh, lately on. Uh, I don't know if you saw that in the board, but we we got approved to do uh, 21 culverts in size from 40 to 66 inches rehabilitation of them for about four hundred thousand dollars. Really? Well, and and. 
Let, let's let's back up to the 10 mile high view for those that, you know, yeah. listening or whatever. Uh, the infrastructure from the village was built about 50 years ago or was begin to build, be built about 50 years ago. And some of those uh, those items that we had initially would be like a galvanized metal culvert. And when those rust out on the bottom and they start to collapse, well, you're driving along and there's a dip in the road and you think, well, this is an inconvenience. No, no, it's an inconvenience right up until there's a big rain and there's a huge pile of sediment on that side of the road. It makes a little pond because the water can't get under. Then we have to dig up our pretty new roads, put in a new culvert at thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars. So we're trying to sleeve these or fix and repair them before they become a major, major issue. Uh, so the board finally approving or approving the, the 400,000 to do that, which as, as when we talked to, uh, to Kelly Hale, he's kept saying, you know, they call me Dr. No, because no, we're not going to do that fun thing. Now we're going to pay for these essential things. We told the villagers and the, the POA members we were going to fix first and the culverts are one of them. Am I mistaken, yeah. Ken? No, you're right. You're right on. And so, you know, this this whole effort started with uh, a couple uh, uh, small lakes off of the Granada golf course and pipes that were going underneath Madaris and, and Lago Drive. And uh, the, the process we're using is called it's called Storm Seal. It's a, it's a cementious uh, concrete spray. Say that again. Storm what? It's called Storm Seal. It's a patented product, strangely enough, right out of uh, 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 over here in Arkansas. In Pine Bluff, it's a company out of Pine Bluff that, that patented it, um, and uh, it, it, they basically take a sprayer and they spray layers of concrete on the insides of the pipe, and it basically becomes a concrete pipe by the time it's done. So they're using the the corrugated metal as a form to basically build a concrete pipe inside and of the pipe that exists there. That's right. To, and, to uh, this to was basically done in the village. Believe it or not, this had been done in the village a couple times back in 16 and we went and inspected them and they looked like brand new. And, and, it, and, it, and for some reason it was decided to stop doing it. And, and when we found out about it, we were like, well, let's try it on Madaris. And we got great prices on seven culverts there and risers. And then we put out these, uh, so we're, we're going to roughly get about half of the large culverts that were slated to needed to be replaced rehabilitated with this process for a fraction of what it would have cost to replace these. Okay. So look at the, if you remember the DeSoto by the pickleball courts, yeah. What had to happen there? Then we had had to stop the road. We had to rearrange traffic for four days or whatever. That's right. We dug out a, what was that? A 48 inch, 60 inch culvert. Yeah. And that cost, I think about, if I'm not mistaken, about 180 to $200,000 to do. By the time they were done with all the paving and everything that had to be done, that was one culvert that had to be replaced. But but Ooh. let me let me for for our, our <laughs> listeners, let me remind you: if you know where West and East Valina is and Alicante, that entire mountain hillside, that entire watershed came down to that one big tube, and one of those two big tubes right there mm-hmm. by the pickleball courts, and it was it could have a tremendous amount of water, but it failed. So, you know, you can't let a, a main culvert on a main road fail like that. You have to, to re, so we had to dig it out and put a completely new one in, right? Yep. That's what they did. Yeah. Where, where, when you say large culverts, like the one out in Granada and Largo and all those, what a Largo, what, how big are we talking? 24, 48 inch? What? No, they're, they're the ones over at Granada, I think are 42 inch uh, diameter pipes. And the ones that we're going to be rehabilitating in this, this second contract for 400,000 or anywhere from 42 to 66 inches, which is, you know, about, these are pipes you could walk through. You could bend over and walk through the 66. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. These are huge. 
Now, now, so those on that end are going to be built in the 90s or something? Yeah, probably in the Granada area, yeah. But so they're, the they're about 30 were, years old? Yep, yep. And these were, these were metal corrugated, and, they're, and they're, they rusted at the bottom again, like all of them, I guess. Yep, yep. And, and the ones from 2016 looked pristine, the, the rehabilitated ones. Yeah, the ones that they, they uh, cement just lined look, look really good. So this, the estimated life on these will be about 25 to 30 years when they're done. I mean, well, it's because and, and, I'm, I'm just jumping ahead. Like with the savings, does that allow you to go do more of these culverts before? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to do all of the worst culvert, large culverts in the village within the next year. I mean, at these prices with doing this, because it's not petroleum based, so it's not being affected by the cost of gas or, you know, of oil. So right, you know, it's, right, it's right. the perfect solution for the larger culverts to to knock them out while we're waiting for things to turn around and, and hopefully get more competitive on well. And when the, when hopefully gas and oil prices fall and we'll be able to repave some things we next need to next year or the year after, right? That's right. And we're still doing patching and crack sewing, which is really pavement preservation and fixing, you know, really problem areas. It's just the major type pavement work that we're, we're postponing until we get more of the culvert work done. And we have mm-hmm. to look at, we have some water main replacements we're going to start doing too. So that's part of the commitment to the community is fixing some of the stuff that's been out there and, and probably some sanitary sewer that, that needs to be rehabilitated too. We haven't quite gotten our arms around all of that yet, but you know, you'll see a lot more of that utility work happening in the next year or two, which, you know, allows us to get the road surfaces, you know, if we have to dig it up then you know, we don't, we're not like digging up stuff. We just, we just did. So what's the purpose of, of, uh, of, re- of paving and then we're going to tear it up and put new sewer lines or new water lines or that's whatever. Right. right. That's right. So Completely you know, makes we sense. knock that out, we'll be able to do some, some more serious paving. So well, as usual, I've gotten us off track. Is there a website you want to talk about? <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Well, that was something else we rolled out and uh, I'm going to uh, share my screen here for uh, you so you can see what we're trying to do here. Let's see, I think I got to hit the share button here. So, so basically, uh, can you see it? Yeah, yeah, it looks great. Okay, great. great. Yeah. So when I took over, um, you know, my department had multiple locations on the member section of the Hot Springs Village website. And uh, they were all somewhat conveniently located under services. Um, but basically what we've done is we've consolidated that all under public services here. So it's not lakes and, and common areas or, yeah. So it's all. Yeah, there were like three different sections um, that, that covered us. And, and there were various means of contacting us through those, through those web pages. Um, so we, we brought all of that together. You know, we summarize what we do, what we cover, um, you know, our contact information, but the thing that we're trying to stress here is the, the implementation of, of a contact form that we have on the website. So, and, and now let, let me scroll up just, just scroll just a second for me, if you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll stop right there. Do not use this form to report an emergency. I think that's probably one of the most misunderstood things in the village. And, and because people don't, we're not a city like you might think. Mm-hmm. I, I would suggest, and I'm saying after hours, Ken, if there's a true emergency, contact the police and they will be able to, and, and don't call 911, just 501-922-0011. That's the, the non-emergency number, 501-922-0011 for the police department, and they will dispatch the water department or the whoever needs to be authorized or contacted. Is that Would that be good advice? 
Yeah, I mean, you can always contact the police. You know, what we're saying here is for non-police emergencies, basically, if you have a grinder tank overflowing that, you know, is an emergency or you see a pretty major water leak is that you should call us directly during normal business hours. And then after hours, you know, that number is the water plant, basically, which is staffed 24 seven. So okay. um, 365. So we have somebody at, at that location uh, after hours. So, so, so what would I fill out for this? If I had a public service request, what would I, I mean, what would yeah, be so a- let, let's, let's kind of look at the, uh, the thing here. We, we're asking, we're asking for your name, your street address, email address, and phone number. And then under this pull down, basically we have listed all of the different services that, that we provide. So all in one location for you to kind of look at and say, here's my issue. I'm going to click this. If it doesn't show up, you can put other issue. Um, and then below that, basically, and I don't know if you want to go through all these, but these are all the various, you know, water service uh, requests, leaks, street issues, culvert drainage issues, sanitary sewer issues, which could be your grinder tank, common property issues. We have hazardous trees, locate property corners. And some of these do have fees associated with them. I, you know, like prop, locate property corner uh, corners is a, is a fee-based service we provide to the village. Um, Shoreline Spring is the same thing. There is a fee-based service, but this will at least get your, your request started. And then from there, um, you know, we would either reach out to you um, to, to get more information or, or to uh, tell you about paying for the service that you need. But anyway, and then if you if there, you don't see anything on here, you can click other issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then below that, you can actually put, you know, comments of related to what your issue is. Hmm. So here's the thing that didn't really wasn't really happening before that this is different, is that when you hit submit to this, two things are going to happen. Uh, first, this form is going to go to the superintendent that's over the responsibility of the area that you clicked. It's also going to go to me. It's going to go to my administrators. The second thing that's going to happen from this when you hit submit is, and this is one thing we didn't really broadcast because we, we're, we're, having, we're having some issues, but basically by giving us your email address, we are going to send back to you basically everything that you submitted in a form email so that you have a record that you actually contacted us the day, the time, um, and, and exactly what you submitted to us. Kind of a verification of sorts. Exactly. So that, you know, when you, if you don't get a response or you don't see your problem being resolved, um, you can reach out to us and say, on this date, I sent you this email here, here it is. I went to your site, submitted this form. Here's the email that shows I submitted it, you know, what's going on. Um, and then we can actually search our database for that email and, and, and see what information we have tied to that request. And that's something based on everything I've seen to date that, we as residents were not get, not getting from the POA that I think will hopefully make a difference in, in like I said, our residents' uh, uh, confidence that things things are being addressed or, or being looked at, and, and hopefully they'll, they'll get a response one way or the other about what, what they're looking to have done. So, oh, so you're saying there really wasn't a follow-up or a feedback mechanism that said, not only have we got this, but we're addressing it, and here's how we're... Well, let me ask this. Do, does relatively, and I know what I'm asking here, but... Do, when I fill this email, does this make a service ticket or does it trigger it does, a... It does not make a service ticket. We, we have another system and, and, you know, we were trying to roll something out that actually was a work order form system, but it got way too complicated to, to yeah. try to implement that. So yeah. we have an internal system that, that we're going to capture this information in 
um, that allows us to track the information to, um, you know, quantify volumes and, and, and allow me to get data off of the type of requests we're getting. So, um, so, so you're saying maybe that, that, that a supervisor might read this, Todd or a lakes person or whatever, if I, I needed my lake sprayed and I had a problem and they verified it was an issue, then that would spawn a ticket. But then I would be notified that, hey, we, we, we're addressing this issue and here's how we're going to fix it or how do they yeah, do that? Want, yeah, and it's not a guarantee that whatever you submit is going oh, to sure. be necessarily addressed, but it, sure. it actually is going to get to the responsible party, the superintendent of that department that owns that issue, um, as well as me, and that, you know, you your, your issue should be at least acknowledged. And, and, you know, if we can't do it for some reason, we're going to we're going to get back to you. If there's another step required, like, for example, you have to pay for it. We'll let you know um, that you need to call and get get your you know fee paid before we do this service. And, and at least, you know, again, there'll be a better interaction between the resident and our organization to ensure that stuff's being dealt with properly. So wonderful point. Look, I'm going to, if, if I'm, as I do, I'm going to muddy the waters just for a moment. Okay. Sure. Yesterday I went out and visited a couple that lived on a golf course, mm-hmm. really nice people. I owned the lot right beside them. The top of the tree had broken out and was hanging down and they were like, you know, we're, we're concerned this would fall on our home. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay, absolutely. We need to get this tree cut down. We need to get these branches cut down. I need to get this out of your way. I completely understand and agree. And the lady went on to say, well, you know, there's a, there's a drainage ditch and it was a 10, 12 inch culvert underneath their driveway, underneath probably three feet of gravel, packed gravel that had their concrete driveway on top of it that went from the street to their home. Mm -hmm. And there's this culvert underneath there. And she said, well, we contacted the streets department. Uh, Why? Well, because this culvert is failing. Yeah, but that's your culvert. It's on your house, under your driveway, at your house, and your. The the reason I'm trying to bring this out is, how do we need to delineate that so people understand? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not a streets department issue. That's a your property owner issue, right? Correct. Yeah, that's one of those areas I think residents uh, don't fully understand. Yeah. Um, that if you're paying, you paid to install it. It's uh, for you because of your driveway, because there's a lot of residents that have driveways that don't have culverts. They, yeah. they don't put culverts in. So um, if you put it, if, if your property, whoever built that house decided they wanted to put a culvert in, then they're responsible for it, frankly. Well, and I think I'm, I'm what I'm wanting to, to, to emphasize here is that, you know, from the street back to the POA and to the gates, that's the POA's responsibility <clears throat> from the street to your house. Not so much, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Correct. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I'm trying to clarify those type of things because I, I, I suspect <clears throat> the type service form here, here, here laid out. One of the reasons why you can't just tie it directly to a service ticket is because you're going to get a service ticket for a private property called that the POA doesn't own and can't manage and it's not their responsibility. And yeah, you get my drift. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I mean, I was prepared to deal with that, you know, from a ticket standpoint, if we, if we could have made that work, I mean, we would have just notified the property owner. It wasn't our responsibility and closed the ticket, you know, and, and that would have been fine, but it just, uh, you know, this was this to me. And like I said, I like to keep things simple and take care of the simple things quickly and upfront first. This, this gave us the ability to have better interaction and more accountability on our side by making sure it went to the right parties and that the, hopefully the residents get, get the response. And I would just, 
suggest if you if you do submit a ticket and you don't get a response, look in your spam folder or your junk email folder. Make sure, make sure yeah. um, that you didn't get it because sometimes they they may come back and and be deposited there by your email provider. You yeah. know. Well, and let's recap here real quick, Ken. So it, it would be explorethevillage.com and then go from the member section to public service, right? Yep. Go to the services tab up top and then click on public services. And then you'll find our, our, our consolidated site. And just to scroll down to show you, we talk a little bit more about, you know, the streets, what we are responsible for. And that may be, you know, a good, good piece of advice there that we put in there, what we don't, uh, what we don't cover, which is culverts under driveways. And I'll, uh, maybe I'll take that under advisement. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, well, after, after you get 50 of them, then you can do that. But for now, it's just one guy talking about one person, right? So, yeah. yeah, well, no, I mean, and I've gotten requests for that already, believe it or not. I mean, you, you know, it is it is an issue that residents aren't don't, aren't clear on that, you know, probably needs to be cleared up. Well, and um, when, when somebody says it's a culvert, you're like, well, I got a culvert. Yeah, that's right. You need to work on mine. Go, go back that's up right. just a little. I'm sorry. I, I've skipped. We skipped over some things there. So that's OK. I'm just scrolling through so you can see that basically all these all these things were on this website at different tab, you know, different locations. And basically it's all all consolidated in one for everything that, that we're responsible for. And so. I saw scroll down just a touch, if you would. I saw that like the Hot Springs Recycle Center and the Garland County Center. Yeah. Uh, basically, the, I think the hot, the Garland County one, the e-waste one is at, at the corner of Fox Pass and Highway 7. Yeah. Uh, and and anyway, the, the, a lot of great places, a lot of great opportunities. It's just a little more bother than it has been in the past, right? Correct. Yeah. And we, and we try to encourage people that, you know, because we're limited, we're, you know, it's really a, sat, you know, no matter what we do, we're a satellite recycling. We're not. You know, we're never going full blown because we just don't have the resources to support it uh, at this point. So, you know, it, it, residents need to be aware of these other recycling locations for you know any type of out of cycle that they, they need to get rid of that doesn't fit into our schedule. And, and once again, I don't want to chase the, the wrong duck here, but come down just a little more if you would. Uh, items not p- allowed for pickup. Let's just cut to the chase here. Chemicals, motor oil. Well, you know, if I put that motor oil in another box and they don't see it, yes, it's still going to end up in the landfill and it's still going to pollute the water. Right, Ken? That's true. Yes. So, so we need to take this to the e-waste facility. We need to take it to the Garland County collection facility. I mean, we're talking, I was going to say paint or whatever. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I thought somebody had told me if, if you had paint and you basically filled the bucket with sand and gravel or whatever to stabilize it. That you the could, paint, in my understanding is that the paint's dried, it's dried out, and it's filled with, like you said, uh, sand or gravel. That yeah, we 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 can take that. We okay. just can't take wet paint, basically. Yeah, but but and and I know people are thinking, well, we'll just get around the rules here, and and I understand, I do understand that. Mm-hmm. I also understand it, it, this goes right back into our environment, people. This is not somebody else's backyard and somebody else's lake. It, it comes that back down to ours, right? That's right. Wow, yep. Ken. Absolutely fascinating. I'm, this is a wonderful idea. Tell us what's in the future. Let's go ahead and drop that share if you're done there and sure. tell us what the, the future of public service is. Where are we going from there? Well, there's there's no uh, no no limit to where we to can go. infinity and beyond. That's right. Um, you know, I would say there's there's other things that we're looking at. But one thing I'd like to stress a little bit about, you know, I've been talking to different people is uh you know, and I think I may have mentioned this in the last uh, podcast we did, but, you know, we, we used to be a community of volunteerism. And, uh, you know, I, I've been talking to various people uh, throughout the community about how we re, 
vitalize that, how we reinvigorate our community. Yeah. To, to get the volunteers back to uh, feeling good about our community, get, get people to feel good about it, get them out to volunteer. And uh, so you're going to see some things coming out from mainly Kelly because he's, he's, you know, he's our, our leader. Um, uh, But also through some of our, you know, organizations such as myself on, on, opportunities that we have as a community to to really make a difference whether it's only one day a year or one day a quarter or and i'll give you an example of one that that i'm i'm really uh this is another byproduct of the change in the in the sanitation proposal but you know we have a lot of residents in our community that even you know and we're we're trying to get away from the two trash can thing just so you know but but the trash cans are are hard to harder maneuver if you're you know at a certain age and, 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 you know, some of the steep driveways we have, it's, it's not an easy task. And uh, it sounds like you're watching me over Monday morning is what it sounds like. It sounds like you're, <laughs> I was actually referring to myself, but well, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Your, your driveway is not as steep as mine, Ken, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> but, but anyhow, so, you know, um, you know, you know, where, where is our neighbor helping neighbor, you know, mentality, you know, where, where is when we, you know, if you have a, you know, an elderly neighbor or, you know, Somebody that's it's, it's infirm that, that can't get their trash can't afford for our in-house pickup because we do have at-house pickup, but it does cost. That that we get our neighbors involved in helping our neighbors in some of these things that have created you know, been created, good or bad, by by the decisions that have been made of how we're how we're doing things. And and I think there's a no shortage of opportunities of that in our our community to really really push those things and. And, uh, and I just think we'll, we'll be that much better off if we can get people motivated to do that, those types of things. So, you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot more about that in, in the future here. Um, you know, the other thing that, that my focus is, is really going to be on is, you know, uh, you know, I have a, a pretty good disaster recovery business continuity background, uh, you know, for, for the purposes of the village, you know, I think, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, I don't say we don't have one because we do. We do have, you know, we have great police force and a great fire uh, uh, force that, that, that comes out to everything that happens out here. Um, but as a coordinated effort for the community, I'm, I'm going to be focused uh, some of my efforts on disaster recovery uh, looking forward and how we how we deal with that. Um, we still have a lot of infrastructure stuff that we're, we're still pursuing this year, upgrades to uh, water plants, to our sewer plants to try to make them more efficient. Um, and help uh, replace some aging infrastructure that's there. Uh, so you'll see the board will be seeing more uh, spending proposals coming before them on, on those things in the months ahead. Um, and just, you know, basically getting, getting the public services organization into a well-oiled fighting machine, basically, to be able to, you know, put stuff into the mill and have it come back out on the other side so that we can really start hammering the infrastructure stuff that we're talking about. And when we get to pavement, start really making an impact on those things as well. So, you know, that's kind of the focus for the rest of the year. Well, let me, let me come back to a couple of things that you mentioned there. Step one, you have an ally and a friend on this show. When you talk about helping our neighbors, I will be more than happy to do as many shows and as many discussions and push as much as we can I, I think what we need to realize, and, and I'm speaking to you and me here, Ken, mm-hmm. is that <clears throat> the people who built, maintained, and stayed here, and frankly, we're going to their estate sales now. Yeah. And that yeah. is the greatest generation. And and unfortunately, they're passing away as 
as all great folks do. But these people, you know, these are people, and, and I'll tell you why I brought up the composting. Because I'm seeing a whole new group of people that are going, can we have a garden in the village? Well, I'd, I'd like to have a garden in my backyard. I'd like to, you know, some compost and be, I'm seeing that mm, 1920s pandemic, uh, great recession mindset of people who are going, you know, maybe we need to kind of cover what we have here. Maybe we need to, maybe we don't need to be as wasteful. Maybe, maybe just because we have that number in the bank doesn't mean we have to go out to eat every night or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I believe, I think we're seeing a change in the psyche of the entire nation. I think we're seeing uh, people that are, you know, well, just because we have that, we don't have to spend it right now, or, or we don't have to run up that much debt. Um, and and it doesn't have to be anything big. And, and I'll, I'll come back to that. It doesn't have to be anything big. Uh, I've got neighbors across the street from me that live in Dallas. Well, they'll come here for every other weekend, maybe. They leave their crash trash out for a Monday. They're great neighbors. Well, guess what? There's nobody to carry their trash up on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. except for me. That's my job. Have they ever asked me to? Of course not. They haven't asked me to because they don't have to. That's my job. They're not here on Tuesdays. If I wasn't here on a Tuesday, they'd do the same thing for me. I, you know, I, I think you we may still have the sign at the gates of 2010 or 2012. We were one of the thousand points of light. Yeah. The uh, volunteerism community of the United States. We were renowned for this. Yeah. But those people are passing away. It's been 10, 12 years, and that it's time for us to step up and be our greatest generation. It's yeah, time for I us think, to step know, up and be our, our neighbor's helper. You bet. And I think, you know, the, the last few years with COVID and other things have definitely had an impact on that. And and part of it's just, I, I, I believe, and that's what we're going to find out, is just awareness. You know, I mean, we need to be promoting the organizations within the village that do the charity work, if, you know, the, the, you know, the churches, the Kiwanis, the Lions Club, all, all those organizations and get people engaged the day they move here. And, and you know, that, the, you know, whether it be the newcomers or whatever, and try to figure out how we get them engaged. And that's some of the discussions I've been having with certain individuals about how do we how do we leverage our, our, our interactions with residents in order to promote volunteerism in, in the community. So, you know, that's you, and your for your platform here is an excellent way to do that. I think you know it's it's just talking about it is, is making people aware that there's a lot of volunteer opportunities in the village that you know frankly, like you said, the the people that did it for years are are no longer around or or you know they can't anymore. And you know the more people we can get aware of these organizations that need help and would love to have volunteers, the the better better served we'll be as a community. So it's it's no longer somebody else's job. That's right. Yeah. Yep. One of one of my favorite quotes of all time, we'll try and wrap up with this real quick. One of my favorite quotes of all time is Zig Ziglar. And Zig Ziglar says that selfishness is the only disease that makes everybody around the person that has itself sick, except for the person that has it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're selfish, you don't know that you have it, but everybody around you is way too aware of the fact you've got it, right. you know? And, and my motto is if you're going to complain, you need to get out there and start helping. That's my motto. Time, time to stop, stop searching. Because, um, excuse me. Time to stop cursing the darkness and light a candle. That's right. right. That's right. Because we're only going to be better if everybody. Ken, gets it has been a delight. I tell you what. Let's put you down for another six to eight weeks, and let's have you. We'll circle back around and get an update from you. Okay. Sounds good. For Hot Springs Village Inside Out, Dennis Simpson, Randy Cantrell, who will be back, and Ken Unger. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you. We will see you next time. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.